Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the B-Roll Podcast. We are the Sci-Fi Wise Guys. My name is Chris. I'm one of your hosts. And I'm Anthony, the other host. Today, uh, well, on all of our podcasts, what we actually do is discuss sci-fi uh, and sci-fi adjacent, aka fantasy, supernatural films, mostly independent, straight to stream. Today, we're changing it up. We're actually gonna talk about a TV show called Charmed. And just for you late 90s, early aughts kids out there, we're actually not watching the uh, original one. We're watching the 2018, I guess, reboot? Is that what you call this? Yeah, hard hard reboot. Hard reboot, okay. Yeah, Charmed. On the CW, completely new cast. Three all-new women. Well, there's more than three people being recast. Yeah. Well, yeah. the main characters. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah. I, I never watched the original show, so I, I had no expectations going into this. This was your suggestion. Do you want to tell everyone why you've made us do this? Man, if you could tell me why I've made us do this, <laughs> I would really appreciate it. Uh, it would be be real cash money of you. Uh, we so the the original the original charmed is something that i don't want to say i was forced to watch mm. but i was i was forced to watch mm. um, by a significant other at the time so i've okay. done seen too much of it all of it i've done seen too much of it and i i just i we i wanted to this is this is obviously a show that is not it's tar- target demographic is not two dudes in their 30s Right. So I just kind of, kind of, I guess morbid curiosity is what started this. Is that, is that yeah, okay I, to say? Morbid curiosity? I, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I don't necessarily think it would be morbid curiosity because that would be. Yeah, curiosity, I guess. Morbid. Well, well, for me, maybe it was a little <laughs> bit of. Uh, you know, but maybe, I mean, we were talking and maybe, yeah. you know, we wanted to do something a little different, you know, you know, I, as much as. I more than anybody enjoy watching terrible movies. You know, I think we we were struggling to find a new one. And while I think Destination Io would be a great movie for us to watch and talk about, you brought it up like maybe we should watch a TV show. And then I think a few hours later you texted me and just like, "Have you ever seen Charmed?" <laughs> I was like, "No, but I will." I uh, was, and I will say, I texted that for the record completely sober a hundred percent really fair enough. yes a hundred percent well normally what we would do if we were talking about a movie we would first talk about what we thought give her our overall opinions up front break down the plot and then ultimately decide whether or not we liked the movie we can follow that exact same path if you want i don't sure. necessarily think we have to i've actually you you talk about how we normally do it I think what really what we normally do is we talk about what we like and didn't like, and then at the end, and then we talk about the plot, and at the end we repeat what we liked and didn't like. <laughs> For the most part, it's all did loose not, rules. It's very did loose. I not say that. I feel uh, like I said that. <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't listening. Fair enough. We could do whatever you so, want. Well, let's talk about Charmed. The idea. So Charmed okay. is a television show originally. Charmed came out in 1998, and it ran for several seasons until 2006. I believe there was one character 
change? Like there was one recast mm-hmm. in the middle of the show? Yeah, not a not a recast, but a main character change, yeah. Yes, yeah, sorry, yeah. There was it started out with Shannon Darty, Holly Marie Combs, and Alyssa Milano, and then Shannon Darty left the show at the end of the third season, and then a long lost half sister named I'm not gonna say her name out loud, but Rose McGowan took her place. So yes, that is what happened, according to what I've read. This show uh, has, uh, I guess, what you could consider a cult following. I don't know how much a show could have a cult following if it had eight seasons. I think that is yeah. beyond cult status. That is successful, I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> I would agree. I would agree. As of 2012, Charmed was the second most binged show on subscription video on demand services. So, uh, once again, I What year was that? In, as of 2012. 2012. So I think that... All right. Six years later. Yeah. If you're the second most binge watch show, that's no longer cult status. When you say cult following, I think really they mean is the fan base is very opinionated and very passionate. I guess. Yeah. That's, that's how I would interpret that. Yeah. I mean, I guess that. most of the time it's considered like Rocky Horror Picture Show. It's considered a cult classic. Did not have much financial success. Great critical success, highly, you know, viewed amongst its watchers. People have Rocky Horror Picture Show parties on Halloween. Yeah. They all get yeah. together, dress up as characters from the movie and watch it. I have ignored those invitations in the past. Yes. But I, I guess that's what I would consider something like a cult following. Okay. But I mean, I, I'm not going to disagree with the definition. Okay. But uh, Fair yeah. But this version of Charmed is a reboot of the show, a hard reboot, as you said earlier, into 2018. Three all-new actresses for main characters. I believe I already said that. Yeah, completely different names for the characters. Yes. Like, it's the same idea, but with very different, with everything's, you're not recasting, they're just having, they have new characters. Before they were, uh, their names started with P, now their names all start with M. So we have Madeline... Mantok, Melanie Diaz, and Sarah Jeffrey. So yeah. I guess in the, the plot, they are witches, but they are good witches. They are supposed to protect humanity from demons. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. That's the premise. Yeah. What did you think? Oh, no. <laughs> well, <laughs> one of my first thoughts was, man, I am not the target demographic for this. Sure. Uh <laughs> And in a lot of ways, and, and I, I think we, it'll be easy to, to just say, just because I'm a, I'm a man, I'm a, I identify as male, that I'm not the target demographic. But it's also obviously an age difference. I think all three of the characters are, are, in their, are at least about 10 years younger. 10 to, I'm not dating myself. They're all, they're all in the decade previous. And so there's a little bit of a, an, an age gap there too. And they're, they're very so, much playing for a younger audience. Yeah, one of the characters is a freshman in college. Another character is mm-hmm. is an undergrad who happens to be a teacher's assistant. And then the oldest sister, I guess, has already graduated from college and has a job. She's so. either got a, but she got a job at the college. It's unclear if she's yes. doing like going towards a, a master's or a doctorate or something like that. Uh, or according she, to Wikipedia, she has a PhD in molecular genetics. She has one, or is that's getting what it says. one? It says has a PhD in molecular genetics. So she's much older molecular genetics jeez <laughs> wow all right more power to her man that's that's crazy 
Okay, so there's still so there's a little bit of a range there. That's good. Uh, but that really was my initial impression was with some of the character interactions and the way they're talking to each other and whatnot. It was it was very much made for not me. Uh, but other than other than that, I felt that the characters were relatable. You get a slightly overbearing older sister, the slightly too happy go lucky younger sister. You get the the oldest sister who is. I guess a half sister, similar to, to Rose McGowan's role in the in the original Charm. They kind of just started with that, which I thought was pretty pretty cool. I liked it. She is maybe a little bit more reasonable, but also a little bit more lost. Um, she's not. You know, she didn't grow up with these other two. They they meet in this first episode. Uh, mm-hmm. Spoilers, I guess. That's what we do. Yeah, that's, that's what we do. <laughs> we if there's something to spoil, we spoil it. Yes. <laughs> well, uh, hold on. There's, I mean. Can There's we plenty. really be spoiling the? Can we really be spoiling the plot of a show that rebooted a concept of three sisters who no. are all no, destined no, no. to protect humanity by being witches together? Not yet. No, <laughs> uh, I don't think we can. I don't think we can. I was just thinking some other uh, movies that we've reviewed where it's like I don't think there are spoilers. There's oh, nothing. I got you. There's nothing. No. So I, I from their relationships are, are very, very cool, very interesting. I like the way they're portrayed. The effects are good they're good television special effects they look fantastic yeah they hit they obviously they hit their oh i'm trying to not use the word agenda because i feel like that has a negative connotation to it but they have a very pro-woman voice yeah in the well, show just, for obvious just... reasons and i thought that it it came it came across very well like i, I don't maybe it's just because i'm receptive to it no uh, but i, I, get I didn't think it was there wasn't nothing. I mean, there was should... something cringy about it, but let's we can go through the plot. There were I take that back. There was at least one cringy bit, uh, but mostly it felt natural. Everything that was happening. I mean, well, I mean, let's just put our cards out on the table. So sure. this is a show in which one of the main characters does not have a traditional sexual orientation, and it's even it's brought up within the first five minutes, and then you see it later on, and it's, it's this show came out in 2018, who it's with three young women as the lead characters in college. So like traditionally, this is the time of your enlightenment when you, when your eyes are opened to the realities of the world and the show begins essentially with their mother on the phone, protesting the reinstatement of a college professor who was accused of being a harasser. Yeah. In, yeah. in terms of like, and I don't, I'm not saying it in any way that this is a negative thing. Cause it's important. We can talk all day about, feminism and how important it is for women to feel empowered but what this show does within the first 10 minutes is lay out its entire and you can use the word agenda i think appropriately but at least it's okay. message message is a much better word it lets you know up front this is a show that's going to have non-traditional characters i mean all of these women are of uh, i mean i don't what's the term mixed descent Melanie Diaz is, as an actress, she's of Puerto Rican descent. Madeline Mantock, uh, she's a British woman who, uh, I'm looking at her Wikipedia, she's Afro-Caribbean. And then Sarah Jeffrey uh, is of African-American, indigenous Canadian and English descent. So it lets you know up front, this is a show that's going to have non-traditional characters, non-traditional relationships, and our plot I mean, it's a super, it's a television show about the supernatural, but even right. then is non-traditional. So, yeah. but to your point, I think it does come across very well. If we're thinking of the same cringy part, I mean, do we win a prize if we both are talking about the same cringy part? 
<laughs> well, all right. Before we before I decide on the prize, this feels like, yeah, actually, yeah, we, we've won a prize. Okay. If if <laughs> if, if so, if if big if. No, no, no. Uh, we've won. We've won. <laughs> we all won today. Let's go ahead and talk about the plot. Unless well, you got. No, I don't. Anything. I mean, I, I think you kind of just added on to what I said. But I mean, what were your initial impressions before we jump oh. into the plot? Yeah, I mean, share a little. I liked it. To be honest, the only way I knew this was a CW show is the logo at the beginning. It, yeah. Okay. Like, okay. It, maybe it's just because I I just got so disappointed in the way Arrow kind of went after this second season. But yeah, only one of these characters, for the most part, has like. And it's um, and it is only the first episode, so I've, I haven't seen the second one. I don't know what happens after this, but only one of them has any sort of relationship that's in our face, and it's Melanie, who's the I guess the middle daughter. Yeah, you say in our face. It's it's pretty low key. If this was the Arrow, there oh. would have been fourteen different speeches. <sighs> yeah, everyone uh, loved each other. And, confessions of yeah. whatever, and who knows. Um, but and there's plenty this, of time for that for sure but sure. you're right it doesn't hit you with the normal cw like right out of the park we're gonna spend all this time on relationships because we don't have the budget for special effects and fight scenes it definitely doesn't yep. do that and hopefully yep. that stays true you're right you're right but i, I really did enjoy it um, okay i enjoyed it so much that if i had a teenage daughter i would feel comfortable with her watching this show and not in a way that it's important for her to get the message of the show but like despite the fact that we our podcast is about watching independent films and straight to stream, AKA, you know, straight to, to DVD movies. I've got standards. And uh, <laughs> like if I'm paying, yeah, sure, to, if sure. I'm paying real money to have a subscription to Netflix or the CW channel, whatever it is, I'd be willing to pay money to watch this show. And so I would be comfortable watching it again, watching another episode. Like who knows the second episode, maybe the, Worst episode in the history of television. That's not for us yeah. to find out. Well, not today anyways. Yeah. But yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. All right. Well, let's jump into the plot, man. I know right. you I know you made notes. I did make notes. This is a 40-minute episode. I managed to make two and a half pages. So Nice. Nice. And more like two and nine-tenths of a page. I also double space. Do you get an opening scene? Don't try to defend yourself. You wrote three and a half pages of notes. Oh, I mean, they're in the... You, you could log in and look at them. If you I could, to. and I'm not. That's fine. <laughs> Our opening sequence um, actually is the first thing that we get is just someone saying, this is not a witch hunt. Uh, which Clever. Is interesting. We get a young girl standing in a dark hallway, looking around, appearing scared. There's a noise. And then another girl appears. And she's like, why are you wearing my boots? And she's like, well, it's a military-themed party, and I don't have anything this ugly, uh, which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. So th- th- these are our two of our three witches. They're not witches yet, but... Sisters. Yeah, they are sisters. One, th- one of them is lecturing the other one about college parties and the psychological impact or meaning behind those parties, which, you know, I didn't. I never had any of these conversations with my sisters so uh, I couldn't relate to this, but I can relate to one of I can relate to an older sibling sibling being overbearing. Yes, so that I, was fun. I, I, I said that <laughs> I'm the oldest of five. I don't know what you're talking about at all, man. They hear a voice say, "This is not a witch hunt again," and then she says, "This is a reckoning." It's apparently their mom. She's on the phone. She's had a discussion, I guess, with the 
I don't know who this was, but I can only assume it's the the administration for the college. That's the that's the impression. Yeah, there's a professor who was suspended. He's protesting his suspension because a, a witness can't testify. And then uh, she gets upset. She sits down, and then she's like, "You guys are special. Your sisterhood is so important. You're so good together." And one of them's like, "Have you been drinking?" <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if, if you're a child and you haven't asked your parent that, you know, I'm glad you, I'm, I'm glad you had that kind of childhood. But then they uh, they split. They go there. Uh, apparently, they're going their separate ways. I guess it's like a Friday or Saturday night. They plan on going out. Their mom's like, yeah, go out. Have a good time. Bye. They walk out the front door. They walk down to the edge of the, the path and when they reach a sidewalk. And then they each go a different direction. One of them, whose name is Mel is walking and then she texts and it just says, get naked. Yeah. Very uh, nice. (laughs) (laughs) Very forward. Yes. Yeah. The other one is walking and she, she hears a noise, looks behind herself and it's a a guy named Brian and uh, typical Brian. What a Brian. Apparently he's following her and she's like, what are you doing? He's like, well, I was leaving and I saw you and I thought I'd walk with you. And she's like, well, I thought we'd try some space. And he's like, yeah, let me drive you. Friends drive each other places. And she's like, no. Standard creepazoid behavior for yeah. uh, Brian's. <laughs> it, came, it comes across maybe as an, as an ex. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've heard that term a lot. We should uh, ha- we should try some space. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. He's either he's either someone who came on too strong. Yeah. At some point or as an ex. In a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. No of some sort. Um, You're right. Yeah. And we're not going to lose uh, any Brian viewers for our comments because <laughs> Brian's aren't going to be listening to this. Well, they should, sir. They're too dumb. <laughs> he doesn't want her walking in the woods alone at night, which, to Brian's credit, while is not his place to protect her, he's not wrong. No wow. one should go walking alone in the woods at night unless you're like Batman. He's saying that, but he's. I think it's less... You shouldn't walk in the woods alone, and more. You should walk through the woods alone with me. Right. No, I. So, yeah. No, I get he, that. Well, like, he's saying the right thing, but the the connotation, uh, the implication, if you will, <laughs> is it's all about the implication. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, you're right. We uh we cut back to their mother. She's in a kitchen. We get an outside shot of her from a window, uh, and then she closes the window and then we hear wings like the beating of wings right and i know that because whenever i watch anything my wife watches things with subtitles so i watch things with subtitles and it says wings in quotation marks that usually or brackets that usually means that it's a noise that you're supposed to pay attention to she opens the window and looks out like a complete idiot (laughs) like what was that noise i guess i'll just uh take a listen a big crow flies in and makes a ruckus. A ruckus. Yeah. yeah, there's a ruckus. We cut to Melanie, or Mel, I guess that's her name. I'm sorry. Well, Melanie is her name in real life. Mel is the name of her character. I don't know if her character's name is also Melanie in the show, but they call her Mel. Hmm. So Mel wakes up. She looks at her phone and it says, hey, I need both of you here now. It's an emergency, yeah. blah, 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 blah. She's like, I got to go. As she gets out of bed, we see the person that's with her in bed. I guess the person that she texted, you know, get naked. And it's a young woman wearing glasses. So, okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And then we cut back to the mom. She lights a candle. 
She starts chanting. I guess she's in their attic. Yeah. There's a big window. Birds break in and they're flying around and calling. <laughs> that's not a that's not a crow. <clears throat> that is anyways. I mean, I thought it was pretty good, man. <laughs> uh and then, keep it up. Keep keep honing your craft. What appears to be some kind of fog seeps in through the broken window. We can tell that it's not actually fog because it appears to like move in a pattern. It's very structured in the way deliberate. that it comes out. Yes, deliberate. Thank you. Um, comes in over the the ledge, the windowsill, goes straight down, hits the ground, and then starts advancing towards her. And she's speaking in some language that we don't. I don't know if it was Latin or not. It's probably it, it's probably Latin. It, it literally says in the subtitles, speaking in Latin or something to that oh, effect. I, I might I must have been typing when I when that popped up. Uh, can we talk about Latin real quick? At what point did Latin become the language of magic and demons and devils? When the Catholic Church said that that the Bible could only be in Latin, and that was the only true language to talk to God, and then didn't teach anybody Latin. Okay, fair enough. Uh, and I'm sorry if I'm getting some of those facts wrong, and or that's completely incorrect and just common knowledge. Either way, even if it's Look. false common knowledge, it is what... That is why all these shows use the Latin so much. Plus, it sounds cool. We don't do research on this show. Everything that we say is 100% correct. She finally calls out in English, I have three. Sorry, sorry, Brian. (laughs) (laughs) And then all of a sudden, like, the music stops, and then the fog slowly starts retracting away from her. And then we cut to a party. Well, what we we cut to is is a blonde girl's face. She's talking about sororities and Rush. Yeah, yeah. I've never been to one of these. I've never, well, I, I wasn't allowed to join sororities. Um, and I didn't Why not? rush a fraternity either. Uh, well, I mean, I, I could say it's because I'm a man, but it's probably because I stayed in college for way too, for, for not long enough. Maggie is the youngest sister. She's kind of standing around. Mel rolls up to the party. She's like, yo, why aren't you answering your texts? And she's like, I didn't get any texts. And then Mel's like, I know you did. You you look at your phone every five seconds. And Maggie kind of looks, I, I guess you, I don't want to say the word distraught. I, is this what getting called out looks like? Yes, <laughs> Cause uh, 100%. She's like, she's like, yeah, yeah, I do look at my phone every five seconds. So. Yeah. I mean, everyone ignores text messages. I mean, I usually don't ignore text messages from my mother that say, I need you home right now. <laughs> right. Usually, yeah. Uh, that's that's a bit a sign. of a bad move on her part, for sure. Well, ignoring I mean, the, the text. She's a freshman. She's out at a party. I mean, I get it. Yeah, but I mean, she seemed to have a, uh, the, the first scene, kind of healthy respect for her mother at the very least. Yeah. Right. Cared yeah. for her, what have you. Yeah, man. But, you know, she's at a party. <laughs> I don't know. I Anyways. Don't know. I don't know. Maggie's Maggie's like I don't I don't want to go I'm gonna stay here and then Mel's like well you know I guess we could just start talking about consent and uh, you know <laughs> sexual assault and rape culture and then she, I mean she says that out loud I'm like, not loudly yeah yeah I, I'm I'm not paraphrasing she literally says let's talk about consent with all these young men I guess a a a, a young man and a young woman are laying on a couch making out and then. She leans down and says to this young woman who's not paying attention to her, but she's like, you can, you can change your mind at any time, which is true. Mel's not wrong. And then Maggie's like, oh my God, you're embarrassing me. Let's get out of here. She grabs her and they leave. Yeah. You know, 
You've ever yeah. been embarrassed by an older sibling. Yeah. Been there. So they get home. So they arrive through the front door. They get inside. They hear some noises. A door shuts. They go upstairs. They're in the attic. They see the broken window, and they look out over the broken window, and their mother is laying on the ground dead. Yeah. Heavy. Is this the front yard or the backyard? They walked in from the front yard. Yeah. I'm not sure where this is, where this where this takes place, but they definitely don't have like your traditional just open front yard. It's got a little hedge or something around it. Yeah. I, I don't like it. Just it made maybe I'm just looking at it wrong, but I, I felt like they went in through the front door and that's where they found their dead mother on the floor. They find her in the floor in the. I'm sorry, front? on the on the ground in the front yard, right? But if her uh, but if their mother was dead in the front yard, why didn't they see her when they walked in the house? I don't. I don't know. I'm confused. And I w- I'm going to say that I wasn't that invested, I guess, to notice that sequence enough. break, if you want to call it that. I don't know. And I mean, I and I did watch this. I did watch the show twice to take notes. And there is a part. There is a part where they show the attic and they show the circuit because this window that breaks is a big, like very very beautiful yeah. circle window. It's very it's very very fancy. And I think this is from the front because it literally shows their mom standing there and behind her is a different window, a different shape of window entirely. But then later in this upcoming sequence of three months later, we should talk about that here in a second. So they see their mother on the on the ground, obviously dead. The scene immediately changes. We get a little text in the bottom left corner that says three months later. We have a young woman and a young man walking, I guess, in the rain because there's an umbrella involved. She's complaining about her Airbnb. She's like, it smells like hot dogs. You know, they're flirting, you know. Yeah, yeah. Some small talk. And then she sees the house. And when she sees the house, she sees the front of it, and it has the circular window. Mm. But it doesn't look at all like the circular window. Maybe there's more than one window? Yeah, I don't know. They they also, I mean, the window broke. They replaced it and it looks different. Yeah, it does look different. And it looks to be a completely different size. So unless it's a mm. different window in a different part of the house or the houses are two different sets and I'm just overanalyzing because that's what I do. I mean, Anyways. That's, why else would we be here? <laughs> she kind of freaks out. I guess this is a house that looks familiar. And she's like, hey, I've seen that house before. And the guy's like, yeah, I guess you read about it on the news. We get a scene change. She's Googling the house and it talks about how, um, I guess, the mother died in an accident. That's what they rule it, I guess, ultimately, is that it was an accident. All of a sudden, there's a hand on her shoulder. She jumps because, you know, she's not anticipating there being a hand on her shoulder. Yeah. It's uh, a a gentleman named, well, let me rephrase that. It's a man named Professor Thane. This is the guy that they were referring to at the beginning of the episode with the uh, sexual harassment case. And he's like, hey, sorry I wasn't around for your first couple of days. I had this whole harassment thing, you know. But I've been reinstated. I've been absolved. And he, like, makes it a point to say out loud that there was no harassment. There was none. And he's like, I look forward to working with you. And then as he turns around and he's in, like, a motorized wheelchair, he says, "Uh, nice blouse. (laughs) So, yeah, up until, give me, let's back it up, like, 15 seconds. He goes, hey, I just wanted to get it out there and get ahead of it, Is was his reasoning, right? Yeah. Before he says nice blouse, <laughs> is this a good move or a bad move on his part? Assuming, let's assume that he was actually innocent. Uh, Is that a, 
if is it creepy? Is it not creepy? I'm I'm unsure what to think. So I mean, un- knowing what I know now, that I mean, <sighs> knowing what I knew when I first watched it, because there's no way that the person that their dead mother was accusing of harassment was actually going to not be guilty. Yeah. But assuming he's innocent in that in that moment, do you, is that something you bring out, or is that something you just ignore? So do you remember? I want to say, speaking of ten years ago, about ten years ago. We were younger. I was a single man. We were younger. I would have to introduce myself like, hi, my name is Chris. My friends call me douchebag. Oh, we're going to talk about that. Okay. I would say my friends call me douchebag. I'm not a douchebag. It is a term of endearment. It it wasn't, but Shut okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> now, I would have to do that when introducing myself to other, to, to women because- if I didn't, I'd be talking to them, and then all of a sudden, one of my friends would come up and be like, "Hey, what's up, douchebag?" And then these girls would look at me like, "Why are they? Is this guy a douchebag?" Now you didn't have to do that. You just liked the nickname. No, I did not. I in, in fact did not like the nickname and would get listen, mad whenever it was listen. Up. Listen, douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> you so, like what we tell you to like. <laughs> now I'm not comparing a jab, you know, a nickname that your friends give you because they're jerks um, oh, to a, to a man being accused of sexual assaults or sexual harassment and then right, bringing right. that up but i almost feel like that's something you have to do yeah i i, I, I well, cuz if you don't it's just out there you just yeah. got a thing hanging out there you know yeah, cuz does that's... this girl even know why you were absent let's say she doesn't she shows up for work the first day. She's like, oh, where's Professor Thane? And then everyone kind of shifts their feet and looks uncomfortable. And they're like, well, he's um, he was suspended. And then she's like, oh, why was she suspended? And then we got to have this well, yeah, long, yeah. awkward talk. You know what I mean? That shouldn't be. Well, we can have an argument about whether or not it should be awkward or not. But you're not wrong. I, I was just I was genuinely curious in your opinion on whether or not, assuming that he was actually innocent, whether it was a good move or not on his part. <sighs> I guess I, I, I guess you could I could see more negative consequences from not addressing it right. than from addressing it. Yeah. So I mean, okay, I, all right. I mean, and obviously we know because it's storytelling. Well, and then he immediately says nice yeah. blouse as he turns around. So I mean, any yeah. goodwill that he had earned at any point gone before meeting this girl before I'm sorry before meeting this woman and telling her that there was no harassment immediately just flushes that down the toilet. Yeah, that's so. true. That's why I wanted to back it up to right before then. Sure. Yeah. All right. And that's a- no, I, I don't think it was a good move. I don't think it was a bad move. I think it was just a, like this, like it was a pawn sacrifice. You know, it's a, it's a thing you got to do in order to start mm. the game, I guess. Yeah. Um, pawns. <laughs> yeah. Now we're, now we're uh, dipping now into we're- our chest demographics. Yes. Uh, wow. We were, we were casting a wide net today <laughs> with a with a hole right where Brian's live. All right. Uh, <laughs> um, we cut to a different scene. Mel is hanging up a poster of what appears to be Professor Thane's face on it. With There's writing on it. Not a, I didn't catch what it said. I didn't bother rewinding it twice to look it up. But I think it's like an anti-Thane poster. She gets approached by a a, a man who I immediately recognized for 15 seconds before I've realized who he was. His name is Harry. He's like, hey, I read your paper. He says something to the effect of, um, I, I, he says, I, I, I could feel my genitalia being ripped off while I was reading it. 
apparently the paper she wrote was rather scathing. I don't know if yeah. it, like they don't really delve into it, but I don't know if it's anti male, anti college, anti this dude. Who knows? They don't delve into it. No. But um I think it was more to establish the more of her character than move on. Yeah. Yeah. Well I think I think she's being radicalized. Possibly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He says, hey, you know, I'm, you probably don't like me because I've replaced your mother in the women's studies department. And then she's like, that's not even the first reason why I don't like you. She, I think she says, like, like, it's like, not even five number five. Yeah. <laughs> and then he, then she's like, they never should have replaced my mother with a cis male. I mean, yeah. should a man ever be in charge of a woman's studies department? Oh, man. I don't know if I'm qualified to answer that question. I'm not qualified to answer the question either. It's an interesting Question. It's, I mean, you would want the best person for the job regardless of sure who they are, but well, the optics oh, are optics, not, huh? not okay. good. All right. Well, remember in Code 8 when we talked about job applications? <laughs> we did. We did. <laughs> so, well, it's not so much, and it's not just in general. It's also, hey, this woman, their mother, who's obviously outspoken, was in the middle of advocating for victim of sexual harassment from another professor mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. dies due to what we as, what everyone is calling an accident. I think it's pretty clear, if not right now, then very, very soon that Mel does not believe it was an accident. Right. Uh, and then they replace that person, or they replace her with a man. I could see that being problematic at best. Sure. You know, yeah. so I, I, mean, I get it. With what you're saying, you know, you want the best person for the job, I mean, this is a college, you know, the the entire point of this institution, I mean. Right. But. Uh, besides, besides scamming the United States oh, citizens well, yeah. out of millions of dollars. Besides that one. It's to educate it's to, people. It's to educate. Right. That's and so the, yeah. I agree with putting, regardless of whether it's a, a cis man or, or whoever, a cis male, sorry, a cis male in charge of a woman's studies department, again, well, also, I don't think either of us are qualified to argue. The, one way or you'd the also, other. you'd also. The thing is that gender. Oh man, I'm. The, we can, we can, oh. cut, we can cut this oh. later. <laughs> uh, there we go. <laughs> go ahead. So, and the, you can tell that my my viewpoint is evolving as we speak, or is I'm figuring out what it is because I don't. I, I'm, we're figuring it out. Sometimes somebody's gender does make them more qualified for something. In this case, in particular. Having a female person run a women's studies department probably makes them more qualified mm-hmm. than a uh, than a, a cis male. And their viewpoints on things, whether or not somebody's book smart on something, somebody who has the experience, if you will, mm-hmm. is going to be, I think, much more qualified. I could. Does that make sense? And then this is a very, I very could. precise example. I don't know if we. I don't want I mean, I to have the it. time to go. <laughs> like anything I'm, else but i'm not a woman i don't identify as a woman right i've never experienced anything that a woman has experienced you know what i mean so in that in that instance i agree with yeah. what you're saying sometimes i think that we should hire people or put people in positions because representation is important mm-hmm. and having different world not worldviews but yeah worldviews but backgrounds uh, from different, whether it's different genders or ethnic groups or whatever, only makes the organization stronger. Gotcha. I see what you're saying. So it, it goes both ways. It, it's a very complicated issue. Like you said, I don't, I'm definitely not qualified to have said anything that I just said <laughs> <sighs> well, in the slightest, but that's, 
I guess at the end of the day, I'm, I'm open. I guess well, is what dude, I, I guess what it comes down to. Open minded. Um, immediately, Harry immediately provides the fact that he is qualified. He states that he was published, I think he says, thirteen times by several feminist institutions. Sure. He's flexing all over Mel in this scene. He talks yeah. about his, he was mentioned on Twitter by someone whose name I don't I, I, I feel like is important to know, but I don't remember. And he's like, well, you know, it's a couple of months ago. You got to you got to go gotta look back. She's prolific <laughs> on Twitter. Yeah. 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 So apparently this guy is qualified for the job. Yeah. And then he on paper in like a weird shift. He's like, but that's not what I want to talk about. He kind of like le- like he doesn't lean in, but we get a weird zoom slash framing of his face where he's like i want to know how you feel how are you feeling and then she's like well i'll feel better when this conversation's over and then just <laughs> like turns on her heel and walks away straight power up. move power move by mel she's outside now she's putting up more posters there's a a young man who says hey you know you can't if you don't have a permit that's against the rules and she's like i don't care Professor Thane is a, I think she says he's a sexual predator. This guy says, you know, you can't prove that. He says it was a he said, she said situation. And then she says there were three she says. <laughs> yeah. As it turns out, um, the the reason why, because at the beginning, they don't really talk about it. But they said that a witness can't testify. We find out the reason why this person can't testify is because they're in a coma. Right. And then he says she was clearly unstable. And then he says, if your mother hadn't started this witch hunt. And none of this would have happened. And he and was she, he was having a, a nice, just respectful conversation. And then he just put it all down the toilet. <laughs> well, she I approaches him physically when he said that. I was like, oh, yeah. Well, what made me cringe is um, when she approaches him, she says, this is not a witch hunt. This is a reckoning. He says out loud to a young woman whose mother just died. It looks like your mother was the only one that had a reckoning. Oh, I'm cringing again. Cringe. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh. Did we win the prize? Oh, it was good. No, that, yeah, uh, yeah, we, man. <laughs> and it's not even just cringe. Like when he said cringe, it's just, yeah, I just, I physically was just like, oh, she's, ju- a, she's got 10 seconds to do whatever she wants. She's justified. I'm, I'm over I, here. Uh, have My you ever, have, have you ever watched a basketball game <laughs> where, um, I thought you were going to end, like, I thought you were going to end the sentence right there. I'm sorry. No. That's why I laughed. Well, have you ever seen a video like on YouTube or whatever where a, a player gets like a really nasty dunk? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? And yeah. then it, it'll cut to the bench and you see all the players making that that face. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Ooh, face. That's That was the face I made when she punches this guy right in the nose. Yeah. Uh, I was like, ooh, yes. So satisfying. Because <laughs> even so if. So satisfying. Like, I'm not taking this dude's side in this argument, but even if, if you are having an actual discourse with another human being and the the way that you try to win your argument is by bringing up their dead mother and the fact that she died. Yeah. Like, what did you expect to happen? And this guy's name is Cameron. Uh, we find out later his name is Cameron. Like, what are you doing, Cam? Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. How are you going to win Just... an argument by calling out someone's dead parent? Like, not smart. Not a smart man. No, not a well, not even just he's not not smart. He's I'm gonna call it it cruel. That is cruel. Yeah. Okay. I see that. Guess what happens after you punch another human being in the face and Oh, you, you consequences. The cops show up. Yay. Ruin all the, the fun. Police. Was it real They're, police or was it 
campus police. Uh, <laughs> we're going to lose our law enforcement demographic when I say that campus police aren't real cops. Ugh, I didn't. I, I specified. <laughs> Look. I, I want to agree with you so whole, like so much, but they can still give me a ticket for speeding. So yeah, one time one of them put a uh, ticket on my car for parking in a visitor spot uh, on I campus. Just parked, yeah, I just parked in a different visitor spot. Like, what are they gonna do? <laughs> Anyways, oh, they like you punched an under you punched a uh, an undergrad in the face in public. Mel looks to so it's a male detective and a female detective. She looks at the female detective and she says, "Nico." And then we cut to this police officer's face and she like twitches. Like I wouldn't even want to say twitches, but she ever so slightly adjusts her head position to like, what did you just say? And then Mel immediately says, Detective Hamada. And at this point, I realized that this young woman is the same young woman from the bed. So this was her. Yeah, this was her former lover, which is why she called her Nico. You know, she's like. You should have heard the things this guy said about my mom. They're like, you know, your mother's death was an accident. She's like, you guys aren't even investigating. There's got to be some kind of coincidence. Angela Wu is in a coma. She can't testify that my mother dies during the investigation. Like, there's a coincidence. And they're like, we don't see it. And, you know, she, uh... Yeah. It's a textbook case of conflict of interest going on right here. Right. And then apparently Angela Wu was a straight-A student and then... Started drinking uncontrollably, and that's why she's in a coma. And then she drank herself into a coma. Maybe she had an. I'm not sure if she like fell or or what. It's, I don't think it's clear. Yeah. Well, I skipped over it because I didn't think it was important, but I wrote it down here, so I guess it was. But at the beginning, when Maggie is at the party, the blonde girl who's in charge, she says, "Uh, this sorority house is dry because of coma girl." Like she says out loud because of coma girl. Mm. And so I, I guess I didn't make the connection until just now. Super respectful. The police tell her that there's no signs of any foul play. Essentially she kicks him out or I just should kick him out, but we just show them lately show the door shutting behind them. Maggie is there and she's like, why did you punch a person? You can't be punching people. You're a teacher's assistant. You could lose your job. Yeah. Mel's like, why what are you even doing here? She's like, I came to get some clothes because I'm, I'm, I'm rushing. And they have a fight. Typical sibling fight. Maggie accuses Mel of being obsessed with her mother's death. And she's like, "I as soon as I, if I get accepted to the fraternity, I'm going to become a sister and I'm out of here. I'm not going to live here anymore. And then there's a knock on the door. Stops the argument right in the middle of its tracks. It's the young woman from the umbrella scene. The one who recognized the house complaining about her hot dog smelling Airbnb. Maggie's like, this isn't a good time. And then she's like, I think I'm your sister. And then there's a, a flash of lightning. <laughs> like, if there was any way for them to put a, like, a, if the showrunners could have made it any less obvious, I don't think they could have by this particular moment. Because it's just like, I'm your sister. Lightning flash and the power goes out. Obviously, yeah. she's their sister. Well, the whole thing is that they, they don't get their powers until after this scene, after they're all together for the first time. Yeah. Which we're well, about to yeah, see. So, I mean, but, that lightning is... Well, and they don't know anything about it, but you're you're right. To, to the yeah. viewers, yeah. To them, it means nothing. It's just lightning. It's quite obvious. I mean, in the same way that Professor Thane is clearly a bad guy. Yeah. The only thing missing from this scene is a giant neon sign behind all three of them that says, Sisters. 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 In my opinion. I mean, I don't hate this scene, but... Anyways, she shows them a picture of their mother 
holding a young girl in front of the house, like a yeah. a, a young child, uh, maybe, is it an infant? I don't know. Yeah, an infant toddler. Yeah. And Mel starts interrogating her. She's like, "What are you doing here?" She's like, "I I, I don't I, I don't know what I'm doing here. I just I think we're sisters." And like, "Well, we don't want anything. We don't have any money." Essentially, just drives this girl away. Yeah. It's rightfully suspicious. Yeah. I. I... <sighs> I, I guess when the day comes when a long lost sibling of mine appears, I'll be able to answer the question. But oh, sure. I just, well, as someone, well, never, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your long lost sibling that I didn't know? About? Uh, don't let's let's, let's <laughs> record all that. But let's just say also, yeah, kind of suspicious, and uh, man, I'm gonna move on. I felt it was rude on Mel's part, and I get that she and her as far as she's aware, only sister are in the middle of an argument. And then this person butts in and is like, Hey, we're related. Cause Maggie doesn't appear to harbor these same hostile feelings. Like she's intrigued, but she doesn't get the opportunity to really explore that because Mel essentially kicks this girl out of the house. After she leaves, uh, we're in a bar. She's having a beer with the, the, the young man from earlier who had the umbrella. Man, you really, you really can't, you got to stop calling them all she. It's, it's getting a little confusing. What do you, what? You're just like, oh, then, yeah. Okay, let me hear it. <clears throat> yeah. We, so the oldest sister's name is Macy. So we cut to Macy. She's in a bar with the young man from earlier. He, he He's like, you know, you got to go back. And she says, no. And he says, you gotta, you know, you didn't text, you didn't email, like you went by. Why did you go by if you were never going to go by again? And Macy says, uh, you know, I don't know, but I don't want to go. I don't want to go back. And then uh, he says, well, you got to. And then she's like, I, I don't want to. Essentially just kind of has, a, I guess, a flash of anger or, you know, just raises her voice. And then the the bottle Macy is holding flies out of her hand and crashes into a wall. And he's like, what the hell is wrong with you? Yeah, and she Macy says, "Well, I, I, I'm really drunk. I gotta go home." No one stops her. No one stops the drunk girl leaving the bar. Call a cab. Nope. Uber. No, Nothing. she didn't. She didn't pay. Yeah. What the yeah. heck? <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> what bar is this? I need to go to this one. We uh we cut back to what is actually just pictures of Macy uh, on a cell phone. Apparently, it's her Instagram or whatever. Whatever social media platform this show is going to or not going to plug. And it's Maggie. She's looking at these pictures. Uh, she's in the middle of a sorority orientation, I guess. Sure. Lucy is talking to them. And, uh, you know, she says, hey, you know, this is our sorority house. We get it cleaned once a week because girls are just as gross as boys. You know, we, we not only take, but we give back. We, uh, we visit Angela Wu. Uh, in the hospital, and one of the young women says, uh, "Will she ever regra- <laughs> regain brain function?" And Lucy says, "No, but not from lack of us trying." <laughs> that was uh, pretty funny. I, I'm just gonna go ahead and say, man, Lucy is the MVP of this episode. <laughs> Every time she's on scene, I died. <laughs> Fantastic. I mean, she's obviously not a good person or even, a, even tries to be nice, but it's funny. I think the uh, the the trope of the um, sorority sister has been played out in enough media, so we don't even have to get into it. But um, 
I mean, she just ticks a lot of boxes. Yeah. I mean, she could have been in uh, Legally Blonde or, you know, any any number of movies that have sorority girls in them. She could have. This character, not the actress, but this character could have been in any of them. And then Lucy wants Maggie to meet two uh, other young women. Uh, she shakes their hands. As Maggie is shaking the hand of the first one, whose name is not important, she uh, she hears out loud, didn't this girl used to work at the cafeteria or something to that effect? Maggie gets a weird look on her face and says, yeah, I, I worked at the cafeteria until like last semester. Someone says out loud, well, we didn't need your resume. And then Maggie shakes the hand of the other girl that she's meeting. Maggie hears someone say, oh, this person's mom just died. I got to be nice to her. And she kind of gets weirded out. She leaves. Maggie decides that she's got she's to get out of here. She walks towards, I guess, what you would consider the exit. She's bumping into other sorority hopefuls. Um, she hears their thoughts as well. I do, I, in particular, one girl says, oh, I feel so bloated. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that down here as something to remember. As Maggie's about to get out, Lucy stops her and she touches her on the shoulder and she's like, are you okay? And then Maggie hears Lucy's thoughts because her mouth isn't moving when this pot, when, when Maggie hears. Right. It's very obvious to us that she's. Yeah. Lucy says, uh, we may have to get rid of her. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Wow. What a way. In any case, we cut to Mel. She's in a cafe with Nico. Nico says that she's worried about her. Mel does Mel does something really dirty here. She says, well, I guess you weren't that worried when you broke up with me after my mom died. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, low, low blow, man. Mel just doesn't play by the rules. Earlier in, in the argument with Maggie, she said, well, uh, you know, I didn't get over our mother dying so quickly. Well, she's, she's, it's obvious cries for help. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's in pain. Yeah. You know, they're having a little thing. And then all of a sudden, someone is walking... With um, a French press, it's a. I don't know if you know what a French press is, but it's a, yes, I it's have a one. coffee mug. It's a coffee. Uh, oh, coffee you're talking container. to all the Bryans out there. <laughs> I knew Thanks, you weren't Brian. talking to me. That's what this episode's going to be called <laughs> to all the Bryans I I loved. Anyways, and all of a sudden everything stops, and Mel is able to put the lid back on the coffee, and then time resumes. The person who was walking with was like, oh, my bad, man. Sorry, bro. And then walks yeah, away. That's exactly what the waitress says. <laughs> Sorry, and bro. Then, and then it happens again about three more times. And it's happening like right in the middle of Nico's like sentences. Like she's talking out loud and all of a sudden time freezes and Mel starts to panic. She's like, I got to go. You're right. I'm not doing well. I have to leave. Mel stands up. Leaves this cafe. All of a sudden, Mel is pulled laterally to the side, and then we fade to black. We're in a new scene. It's all three of the young women together. They see Harry, the professor of woman studies or whatever. He says, uh, you're witches. You're out here to save the world. He calls them the charmed ones. All of them are excited to get away or get out of the situation because, you know, they were kidnapped. Yeah, they're tied <laughs> to chairs. Yeah. I didn't think that they were being unreasonable in any way. And they say, you got to let it, let us out of here or else. And Harry says, well, there's no or else needed. I'm on your side. I'm one of the good guys. And he uh, unbinds their hands with a little magic. We get a little breakdown of their powers. Macy is telekinetic. She first tried to hit him in the head with a globe. And then she tries to hit him again in the head with like a 
a lamp of some kind. Harry says, well, you're telekinetic. And then Macy says, telekinesis isn't a real thing. (laughs) (laughs) After she just did it. Yeah. And then we see Mel like doing weird things with her hands. And he's like, what are you trying to do? And she says, I'm trying to freeze time. And he's like, oh, yeah. The control Freezing freak. time is <laughs> usually the side of someone who's very controlling. <laughs> yeah. Cold. Yeah, cold hair, I mean, cold. Uh, on point. Yeah. On the nose. Maggie can read minds and he says, um, it's because you're so sensitive. He says, uh, I am a white lighter. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Was there a Harry in the original show? He wasn't named Harry, but yes. Oh, okay. Was he also a white lighter? Yes. <laughs> okay, maybe there's something there I don't see. All the, they got all the terminology, uh, being the charmed ones, their powers are even very, very close. His his relationship with them, it's all very uh, similar well, to what I remember of the original, which has been some years. So, uh, Wasn't one of them able to like have premonitions or something like that like she could tell when something bad was going to happen yeah look they swapped the they swapped that out with the mind reading oh but cool. everything else is on point the other the other two sisters had telekinesis and uh the freeze powers man do you think there were any people that could freeze time in code eight <sighs> time no no that's mm. too much that's too much okay. all right you know I'm, I'm not out here trying to get into the quantum realities but it is interesting it is interesting and it's well, I mean, t- freezing time is such a weird man. Well, maybe you brought it's up the quantum necessarily freezing, freezing time for what time. all of the universe. Yeah, at one maybe point you can just move so fast that it appears time is standing. Like she's she thinks she's freezing things, but really she's entering the speed force. Yes. Okay. Well, that <laughs> so what that a actually crossover. <laughs> so spoilers for the the in the original show. The character that could freeze time eventually also was able to blow things up. Because if you can freeze molecules and stop them from moving, you can also make them move very, very quickly. Something to that effect. So I don't know if that's what's happening, but fingers crossed for the speed force to be part of Charmed. Man, my eyes got really big when you said that. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of want to watch more episodes now. Anyways, it is revealed that their mother was a witch, a very powerful witch, that when they were young she bound their powers so they could live a normal life which uh which is kind of interesting because uh do you ever watch sabrina the teenage witch that not show? not really i mean i've seen episodes it was very popular for a while there but it's a little different but it's kind of similar in how essentially we as it turns out they can decide if they want to become witches right which is right right, right. which i always think is interesting when when given the opportunity to have power, like when people can choose it as opposed to being born with it, like when we talked about Code 8 in jest in this movie or during this podcast a couple times, but the people who are born special with the special abilities, like they didn't choose their lives. Right. They end up resenting that part of themselves a lot of the time. Right. But if you if you aren't born with your abilities and you live a completely normal life until you're Let's say the the median age of not median, but the the average age of these girls is 20, 22, 23, 22, something like that. Yeah, I'd say twenty two. Well, I mean, like freshman in college is what eighteen. Yeah, PhD is what twenty four, twenty five. Really? I'm, well, Older he says that. that she's incredibly intelligent. So I can assume that Macy graduated mm. early and got her PhD early. Sure, sure. All so, right, we'll sit with twenty two, twenty three. All right. Yeah, I mean, just living your entire life as a normal person, then all of a sudden 
given the opportunity to do these amazing things? Like, yeah, yeah. You, no, you say yes, you say no. That Interesting. They do the same thing in Sabrina, where I think when she turns 18, she can ultimately decide if she wants to keep being a witch or not. So, oh, okay. No, I didn't know yeah. that. Pretty cool. Uh, Harry tells them that she was in the process of unbinding their powers when she was murdered. Murdered. Dun, dun, dun. And then he gives them the Book of Shadows. Yeah. And he, uh, he goes through it and he says there's a prophecy. And then he says uh, when the weakest of men is granted, you know, the highest powers, blah, blah, blah. And then he says, I'm not going to read any more of this. But he essentially makes a Trump joke. Yeah. Which was, it was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like, eh, it goes on for a while. But essentially it's your president. <laughs> like, oh, okay. <laughs> the second thing is when the great sages fall. Talks about how your mother and some other, you know, powerful witches have been killed. They keep interrupting him when he's trying to do this <laughs> thing. I actually thought it was really funny. He's like, this works better as a monologue. <laughs> yeah. And then he said, when this third sign is revealed, all will fall. Which I have written down here that that is a good band name. All will and fall? A, well, when the third sign is revealed... It's a good song name, but All Will Fall is a good band name. <laughs> or like, yeah. actually, right. no, I take that back. When the third sign is revealed, like, it's like a ICP album. Oh, so, God. I take that back. Why are we? All right. <laughs> Look, man, I'm really good at telling jokes. Anyways. <laughs> they, when um, are you going to start? They, <laughs> uh, essentially, they can't agree. Nell wants to become a witch. She's like, this is, you know, this is our legacy. This is our chance. You know, this is what our mother wanted. And Maggie, essentially, you know, she doesn't want to become a witch. She wants to join the sorority. She wants to have fun. She wants to be a, a young college student. She's not ready for the responsibility. And Macy is, you know, she's like, I'm a scientist. I can't believe in magic and witchcraft. And I think Harry makes a joke here about molecular witchnology. Or witch netics? Uh, yeah. It was a so, joke, all right. <laughs> and then he ultimately says, if you need me, just call me. And then he disappears. Cool and effect. And reappears. Very cool effect. I agree. Yeah. And then he says, yeah, it's, I just wanted to show you what it's like. They actually prefer me to walk around like a normal person. <laughs> so we, we, didn't really <laughs> we didn't really talk about Harry, but apparently he died in 1957. Oh, what, really? That, I mean, that's what he says. He says, I actually died in 1957, and I think he's about to say something else, and they cut him off. So oh, maybe I didn't we catch learn that. more about him later. It's like a guardian he, angel. Yeah. Did you ever watch the Dresden Files? A little, a few episodes. So no, not really. Oh, he kind of reminded me of Bob. Hmm. Remember Bob? No, I guess not. His uncle that lives in the skull, the demon skull? Oh. What I'm talking about? Vaguely. Oh. I'm sorry. Oh man, I, I'm gonna have That's to. What... I'm gonna change. No, uh, I didn't. I didn't <laughs> see it. it. Never watched it. Apparently. Oh man, we should watch the Dresden Files. That's a good show. The uh, the sisters split up. Maggie, she's gonna go to. The, she gets a a text message from Lucy. She's like, I need you to meet us at the sorority house. And she's walking around and she gets some text messages from Brian. He's like, Hey, I miss you as yeah. a friend. Yeah, God, it's been months, <laughs> right? Like they had their. First little conversation in the woods the night their mother died, and it's been at least three months. He needs to. Well, anyway, carry on. Well, <laughs> yeah, I'm wrong. I feel like 
I feel like this Brian posts on some very questionable subreddits. Are there unquestionable subreddits? Well, I mean, one specifically devoted to a, no, I a get particular it. way of thinking. I'm not going to just I'm carry, not gonna on, drop. carry on. And then he's like, don't go in the woods. <laughs> just like, stay out of the woods. There's nothing good there. Mel is hanging out in the in the in the living room and she's watching TV and then Professor Thane is on there and he's like, Hey, you know, I was absolved of any any harassment charges. As if there wasn't any other way for us for the showrunners to reinforce the fact that this guy is scum. Absolute scum. Talks about it in a press conference. Nico, Detective Amada, she shows up and they have a nice little uh reconciliation here. Nico's like, hey, I'm worried about you. And then uh, I, I th- this is the this is one of the parts of the show that I kind of had an issue with, at least this particular episode. Mel's personality does a complete 180. You know, she's hmm. walking around angry all the time. I, I think Maggie even calls her out on it. She's like, I don't want to live. I don't want to be around you because you're angry all the time. Like, unfortunately, that's Mel's way of dealing with the pain is to lash out at other people. Yeah. Yeah, And then all of a sudden, I mean, is it a problem or is it just like, maybe it's because it's the pilot. They got to kind of rush through a little bit of the storytelling here. But she essentially gets over all of her issues within the span of 10 minutes. At this point, she's able to still freeze time. And then time resumes. She says, you know, you're right. I was wrong. I was angry all the time. I was lashing out. I need you. They share a passionate kiss, close the door, and then go upstairs. Yeah, I... Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say that this is not a 180. I feel that she, and we're, I guess we're about to get a little bit more into it, but when she's with Nico, she's calmer, right? She has a calming effect on, on Mel. So I think that's just, I think that's part of it. Plus, the, she just, that's a lot to go through. To be thinking that your mother couldn't possibly have died in an accident, blah, 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 and then have it not only be, she's looking, it's not really been proven to her that it was a murder, but she's taking it as proof. And hey, here's the power to get back at people. I mean, that's got to be... Mm-hmm. A lot, you know? I don't know. I don't think it was a 180. Maybe a little bit rushed, you're right, but I didn't think it was a 180 at all. I mean, maybe in later episodes, like, it comes back. I, don't, I mean, maybe. Again, uh, it, yeah. it, it could be all for storytelling with the first episode, but I, I just feel like she just, in, I, I mean, I can I can kind of relate. I mean, not, not with my mother being <laughs> murdered or whatever, but. Right. You know, there was a time in my life where I was really angry and. I went to see a therapist. You carry around a lot of baggage for whatever reason. And I'm a completely different person now than I was then. But it wasn't after 10 minutes. I mean, it took oh, me sure, months. Sure. <laughs> so, like I said, I just, this is my only real problem. And it, it's probably strictly because of storytelling for the pilot. We cut to Maggie walking around in the woods. Uh, she sees a dog. Well, it's a very tense scene where you, you hear a twig snap. And, you know, there's no other way to indicate to anyone when they're in the woods that someone that something or something or someone else is around them without the sound of a twig snapping. But it's actually just a dog. It's a big, oh, is that a golden retriever? No, it's dark. Uh, yeah. Husky yeah. or something. I don't know. A very, very bad dog. Cause it turns into like it's, it's eyes turns black. It's mouth like opens and it's got like a distinted jaw. It's very, ugh. yeah, very spooky. Very creepy. Maggie gets home slams the door and she's like mel are you here mel's walking downstairs and like trying to shush her yeah she's like she's standing on the stairs and then she's looking up the stairs and then kind of yeah she's trying to be like shh, shh, be cool man be cool be cool 
Nico appears on the stairs. Wow, what a rhyme. And uh, she's like, what happened to your face? And she's like, oh, no, this is a sorority thing. <laughs> and covers her face up. Oh, man. She says that a crazy demon dog was chasing after her, but then a bunch of drunk sorority guys showed up. Or, I'm sorry, a bunch of drunk for uh, college kids showed up, which is like the only beneficial time when <laughs> drunken college boys show up is when you got to chase off a demon dog, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, apparently so. Nico leaves because she's not in the next scene, but Macy is in the next scene, and uh, she's looking at like this green goo that I guess came from this demon dog. And then Maggie is like, so is that like just X sex or are you and Nico like back together? <laughs> Which, you know, I don't have that kind of relationship with my older siblings, but uh, no, uh, I don't, I didn't feel Me comfortable neither. with that question. So. <laughs> yeah, not at all. But you know, all right. It's cool. Macy's like, I think this can be dissolved with baking soda. And then she leaves the room. They get Harry. He shows up and she's like, I, you know, I got a text from Lucy. She wanted to see me. And then this, she's the only person that, that knew I was going to be out of this house. Then the demon dog showed up. So they think that Lucy is the demon. Uh, Cause Harry says that um, usually when there's a demon dog, there's a demon owner. Right. Like immediately behind it. Solid logic. Yeah. Yeah. Macy shows back up with a sodium bicarbonate. We're talking about Macy, yeah? Yeah. In a house that she's never been to the kitchen before? Every kitchen should have baking soda. Right. Do you not have baking soda in your kitchen? I have baking baking soda in my kitchen. But she didn't know where the kitchen was and where to get the baking soda from? It's in a cabinet or it's in the fridge. I mean, maybe that's why it took her so long to get back into the scene. I guess so. She was looking for it. They pour the baking soda on the goo. It dissolves into this black smoky mist thing and this is where maggie and mel have a fight about their mom she's like i you blame me because i didn't answer my phone you know Mm. had i had i been there earlier mom wouldn't have died you can stop blaming me because i blame myself every day she leaves the room she goes downstairs you know she wants to get away she just want to keep talking about it she goes outside and then immediately gets kidnapped (laughs) (laughs) minutes after you were attacked by a weird demon thing you go away from the people that can protect you (laughs) and then go outside (sighs) yeah what did you think about this scene you you said this didn't feel like a cw show and it's (laughs) proving you wrong i mean i can see that it's the like i guess the drama is there just for conflict because a lot of this stuff gets resolved in the next couple of, <laughs> in the next couple yeah. of minutes. Well, you said it's also a pilot and something. Yeah, yeah. Who knows, right? Apparently, it's sorority related. The hood is removed from her head. She's like, "You guys have formally been accepted into whatever the sorority name is. It's like Phi Kappa Psi, or I don't know. It's not important. It's, it doesn't that's not important at all. I probably insulted some people with with whatever that was. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Lucy leans into Maggie and is like. Meet me upstairs. I actually thought this was like a romantic thing. Throughout the episode, I think it's intentional. They do it to try to get you thinking like, is Lucy really the bad, the the, the demon? Is because she's always in Maggie's face being very, I don't want to say attentive, but like being like very much a part of the scene. I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but she's like, I want you to meet some of my friends. Like you got to meet me at the sorority house, meet me upstairs. And, and I thought like, what's going on here? And then she immediately texts Macy and Mel and is like, I was kidnapped from the sorority. I'm at the house. I'm upstairs in a bathroom. Cool. 
do Mel and Maggie or do Mel and Macy know where the sorority house is? Well, didn't she get her from there at the beginning? Yeah, I guess, I guess you're right. Yeah. Hmm. She leaves the bathroom. She sees Brian. We get another shot of Lucy. She's like, why were you in the bathroom for so long? And then she's like, oh, I got to talk to this dude real quick. And then just goes into a side room. At this point, Mel and Macy have arrived at the party. Mel sees Lucy and she's like, I'm going to go take care of Lucy. You need to go find Maggie. And we see Lucy walking into a, a, like, I guess a storage room. And she's standing on the other side of a card table. And she's like, well, you know, I was looking for your sister, but I think you'll do just fine. Uh, And then Mel throws the baking soda onto Lucy. And she's like, (laughs) what are you doing? And she screams like, die demon. Nothing happens. And Lucy's just kind of standing there with, baking soda all over her face and i think she says i was going to offer you a drink from or no she says i was offering you a drink like she says the word drink out loud and it's even spelled like that in the subtitles so from our secret reserve because we're dry because of coma girl i think just pretty much put the nail in the coffin for this girl lucy that this entire family is weird i thought this was a really funny scene was good you just have you ever thrown baking soda on somebody's face? No. Hmm. Should I? I wonder. Does it sting? No. Why would it sting? You, it's. I, mean, I don't know. You can eat baking soda though, right? I. Uh, I wouldn't. I mean, not. Well, I mean, I mean you use an ingredient. It's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Um. We cut back to Maggie. She's sitting on a couch with Brian. He says, "I really, really missed you. Can I kiss you one last time?" And she's like, "Yeah, sure, I guess." And then he. She's touching his shoulder, and then she hears his thoughts and says, uh, prepare for the end. She said, <laughs> I actually thought this was pretty funny. She's like, I'm actually going to pass on the kiss. And he says, you already said yes. And his eyes go all demon-like, and he tries to, I don't know, is he trying to bite her? Or... No, who knows? Yeah, and then she's like, I can say no, or I can change my mind at any time. Uh, <laughs> a little repeat. <laughs> Which you can. Yeah, I liked, I liked it as a little bit of a throwback. Yeah. She kicks him off, and she's like, wow, Pilates. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Macy busts through the door. She throws the baking soda on him, and he falls on the ground. God, I'm glad that she didn't use all of it in the initial, (laughs) right? (laughs) He he falls on the ground and has like a seizure or something. His face turns blue, and then the black smoky demon stuff kind of wisps out of his body, and then... uh, he and Maggie share a passionate kiss. And that's the end of the scene. They're walking, all three of them together. I guess, the, you know, they're talking about just their different stuff. And it's revealed that Mel can't use her powers when she's angry, <laughs> which is, you know, yeah, irony, if there ever was. Mel essentially tells Maggie, like, I don't, it's, I'm sorry I was mean to you all the time, or I was angry all the time at you. You know, it's, I guess she and, you know, Maggie have their reconciliation of their friendship and their sistership i guess is that a thing sistership or is it sisterhood uh you know you know what sistership okay that's what i'm calling it roll with it she's like it's not your fault our mom died it's no one's fault she was murdered macy says you know you guys look so good together i wish i knew what our mom was like and then maggie says well i i firmly believe that if it wasn't recorded it didn't actually happen and she shows her you know some videos bunch of pictures macy says uh you know I i think that I tried to contact her when I was nine through a Ouija board. And they're like, well, you know, she's a witch. Yeah. She probably did. <laughs> Maybe. You yeah. know, Macy starts crying. She's like, I only cried twice in my life before this. And Maggie's like, well, we cry all the time. So it's cool, bro. 
and um, they fall asleep. But Macy is awake. She's a scientist. Something doesn't make sense. She has a bunch of thoughts running through her brain, and we hear people talking. He's like, we hear someone say, it was cold, there were ravens, or crows. She ultimately comes to the conclusion that Brian wasn't the demon that murdered their mother. Or Brian wasn't possessed by the demon that murdered. Mur- right. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, Brian has it hard enough being a Brian, and we don't need to demonize yeah. him, quite literally. De- <laughs> uh, the next morning, she run like she walks into the room, and she's got this. She has the book of shadows, and she's like, "Brian wasn't the demon." Think back: was there were there any crows? Was it cold? And Maggie's like, "No." And all of a sudden, she realizes that Mel isn't in the room. She's like, "Where is she?" And she's like, "Oh, she's at the rally." And we cut to it. Mel is screaming at the counter protesters. She notices that it's cold. Her breath, you can see it, like it's puffs in front of her. Yeah. And she looks across the the line, the protest line, and she sees Cameron, the guy she punched, and he looks at her and he smiles and just says, It's a beautiful day. <laughs> oh, okay. She walks inside. It's very cold. We actually see a shot of the, the water fountain. Yeah, frozen. Uh, frozen water shot out of it and froze in midair yeah so did she like stop for a drink of water and then it froze and then kept walking or did somebody i think someone else did it i don't think she stopped for a drink of water man she's just like man what this this stupid college everything's i mean i mean shout out to my hydro homies out there but i don't think she was she didn't have the hydro on the brain at the moment you know what i mean right 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 yeah well you know she walks into a room it's very very cold and then all of a sudden we see over her shoulder professor thane is sitting in his wheelchair or mobility scooter or whatever and stands up while this is happening we hear a voiceover of macy talking about thaddeus who's an ancient demon who attacks with cold and crows and he pulls mel towards him breathes his nasty cold breath on her macy and maggie appear in the room and cameron is followed behind them he says professor thane is that some kind of costume (laughs) and gets icicled did, did we talk about it's, how he's an ice monster? Well, I was going to say, uh, he looks exactly like a White Walker from Oh, yeah. Films. He's straight up. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's the Night King in the mo- yeah. the best the best view I've this, ever seen of him. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this guy was a better Night King than the Night King. So, jeez. I'm just sad now. Anyways, he kills Cameron. Pushes yeah. an icicle right through his heart. Yeah. And they're like, Cameron. And he's like, come on, girls. He was awful. <laughs> he's right he's right he, he had he had one thing going for him and that's that uh yeah. he got rid of that guy he tries to icicle them and uh macy uses her telekinetic powers to push the ice away and then he does it again and this time mel steps in front of it and manages to freeze it in place when this happened i i, I realized that the other people like well they call harry harry shows up and he just says oh dear oh but, god uh, yeah Harry, Mel, Maggie, and Macy can move around during the time freeze. Okay. Well, she froze those specific things. She didn't freeze everything. So it's a very targeted. Well, yeah. Well, because I, I also thought that the, like the mist around them stopped moving. Possibly. Yeah. I'm watching it right now. Uh huh. Yeah. Everything stops moving except for them. Well, she can obviously control her powers in a very yeah. specific I way. I just thought it was, I thought it was cool. Like. I didn't know if that was a continuity error or that was just something that she can do. Like she can, she can control what can and can't move. Maybe we find that out later. Yeah. Anyways, he, uh, Harry heals Cameron and then Macy starts to cast the spell 
but it doesn't work. And Harry says, you have to cast it together using the power of three. They, uh, they all, they're all in. They all agree. Well, yeah, they're gonna at this point, they're, they're literally staring at death. I'm like, yeah, I guess we'll do that. That sounds good. <laughs> it's not like they came to that conclusion. They, they're under duress is all I'm saying. Yeah. I actually really like this scene that like the following scene after they agree to become witches, um, Tadius, I guess, pushes through Mel's time stop abilities. And then um, they're getting ready to cast the spell again. And then he just dissolves himself, turns into gas and yeah. fills up the entire room. They're having trouble breathing. And then Harry's like, Macy, you got to you got to draw your sisters to you so you can use your power. And that's what she does. She pulls Maggie and Mel to her sides, respectively. And they all start casting the spell together. Tadius reforms and then kind of falls over dead. Yeah. I have it down here that they sent Tadius to the hell from whence he came. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. They approach his uh, <laughs> fallen and broken body on the ground. and They're like, yo, man, that's for our ma. Y- yeah. Just like that. He says, you stupid girl. You think that I killed your mother. And then he just stops talking and he dies. And then he's just there. They're like, how come he's not like, ex- you know, exploding or whatever. And then Harry's like, well, you know. I guess he's one of those demons you got to like break their neck or eat their eye or step on their tongue or something. Then his body just explodes and then he laughs and says, <laughs> sometimes you just got to wait a second. <sighs> I thought it was funny. Yeah. No, it was great. It's just <laughs> the girls did the, the, the girls didn't think it was very funny. I thought it was No, hysterical. they did not think it was funny. Cameron stands up and he's like, what, what, what happened here? And Harry's like, yeah, I'm just going to wipe his memory real quick. And they're like, no, we want him to remember. Like, no one will believe his story. He's just another hysterical man. It's a he said, she said situation. Yeah. Three she saids. It's a nice callback. Yeah. And then Mel threatens him. She's like, don't mess with this cam. Go home and change your khakis. <laughs> you know, oh, he pissed himself. Yeah. Yeah. We get the end of this, this episode. Macy's moving in. And then she says, you know, I've been alone for so long. And she's like, well, you won't be alone anymore because Mel and I are a lot. <laughs> <laughs> And then Mel appears at the top of the stairs. She has a, a Ouija board. They're in the attic and they call their mom. And then the Ouija board, the, I don't, what is that called? Like the, the thing. The what thing? The thing that moves around to tell you where you're going. The marker on the Ouija board? Yeah. Is that what it's called? Ouija board. I can't I tell you how many times I've misspelled Ouija board. I, I can tell you I've done it at least once just now. <laughs> a planchette. Planchette? A small mm-hmm. heart-shaped piece of wood as a movable indicator to spell out messages during a seance. So yeah, yeah. Anyways, they call out to their mother, and then all of a sudden the planchette pulls out of their hands and starts spelling something out. Don't trust Harry. And then as soon as they say Harry, Harry appears. He says, Don't worry, girls, I'm right here. It's our cliffhanger for the end of this episode. Yeah. Yeah. It's well it's good. <laughs> It's it's good. I don't have anything. I, I don't know what else to say about it. It's solid. All right, here. I got plenty to say. I don't know why I said I don't have anything else to say. Uh, every time I say that, I'm lying. What I mean is I haven't thought about what I'm going to say next. So, mm. I don't know. Do you want to break down anything in specifically? Do you want to talk about any of the characters? Do you want to? Um, I, 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 did you recognize Harry from anything? I didn't. I don't I don't know his real name. I think it's Rupert. And I'm not Rupert making Rupert Evans. He was in Hellboy, the first Hellboy. Really? He, uh, okay. He's the he's the FBI agent assigned 
to the team, the Hellboy team. Oh, no, I didn't. It, it, I mean, it's been a while since I've seen that. Like, I think like he's a great character in Hellboy and is immediately written out in the second movie for whatever reason. Well, yeah. He's been in a couple things. Mostly, it looks like television. Well, it's in the Man in High movies. Castle. Yeah. Man in the High Castle. He's been like yeah. he's been in some stuff. Yeah. yeah. I think he, he did well. I liked the little cliffhanger where it's like, oh, we sowed some doubt in his in his goodwill. Yeah, no. Like I I don't want to say that I hate to say it, but I really did like the episode. It's a good pilot. I think we talk a lot about the whole point when you're telling a story in the visual media, you gotta get your like I mean you gotta get your point across, right? This forty minute show manages to tell a couple of different stories all pretty well and manages to tie it up at the very end. I think rather well. All their arcs are pretty good. I have some trouble with Mel's transformation towards the end of the episode, but I mean, Mm -hmm. that's, I don't know. But uh, for the most part, I thought every, I think everything was written well, filmed well, produced well. Like we talked about the effects, the CGI. I thought it was really good Fantastic, Yeah, really good. We talked, we briefly talked about their, uh, their message or the messaging at the beginning. Now that we've kind of gone through it again, do you feel like it gets the point across? Do you feel like it's not heavy handed enough, too heavy handed? I I think it was balanced. And what I I guess what I mean by that is I didn't I didn't feel like they were I don't want to say they weren't throwing it in my face. Oh, because they they do they do so much at the first in the first ten minutes. They establish a lot, yeah. Yeah, but then after that after that first couple minutes, it's not really like it's brought up, but it's not really brought up. Charmed is a story about three three witches who are supposed to be saving the world, right? right. So three female witches. So it's obviously going to be a, a show about women. Fair. And, and their interactions with the people in their lives. And so any political messaging was, like I said, was brought up at the very beginning of the episode and then present. But I didn't really feel like it wasn't unnecessary because... The you can say that Professor Thane being this monster, figuratively and literally in this episode, but he's like the it's like the hook. Yeah, it's every it's what drives the entire story forward. You know, their mother works at the school. She's protesting his reinstatement. Maggie's trying to join a sorority where no one can drink because this girl's in a coma because of drinking. There's a big protest, like protest signs. Like I don't think it was heavy handed. Okay. I think it was I think it was present and it was well told. That's my opinion. Okay. I would agree with you. I think the the closest it gets to being heavy-handed is that the the professor who is a serial, I mean he's a sexual predator, right? A serial harasser mm-hmm. is also the big bad of the episode. He's also a demon and this demon does that. That's their thing. Uh you know, I, I kind of I get it. I think it, it's yeah. good for the story. I think on the other hand, having him just be a normal human would have been, I guess actually maybe a little bit more heavy handed <laughs> just in yeah, a different well, way. Does that make sense? Two more seasons of this show out at the moment. So there's plenty, plenty of time for them yeah. to talk about just despicable people. Well, yeah, we briefly touched on his, he's, he's an ice demon. Macy literally utters the, the phrase. He has been alive for centuries, killing powerful women and absorbing their life essence. Yeah. I, that, that's what, yeah, that's what you're referring to when yeah. you say that. Like that's his. That's the his thing. sexual predator is literally a person who kills people that way, <laughs> right? And so it's it. I didn't hate it as long as I guess uh, 
I like it as long as that's not the case every single time, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, I got you. I think it's something that could easily be overdone. So right now I enjoy it, but too much of a good thing, right? Yeah. Well, when you when you tip too far one way or the other. Right, so. right. Would you watch the next episode of this? I would watch the next episode of Charmed, the yeah. 2018 hard reboot. Yeah. Okay. Same. I, I, I would. Maybe, I would. That's our, yeah. maybe that's our new thing. Well, we did the watch whole Charmed. show. We'll just watch the char- <laughs> and we, I don't have to watch IO. <laughs> is no, that what you're saying? Watch Io. <laughs> God. Right. Fine, fine, fine. I'll watch Io. Anything else? No, I don't. I don't have anything to add. Uh, good pilot. Yeah. Good job, guys. Yeah. Be sure to hit us up on our social media platforms. Uh, you can get Form. us on Twitter at at b underscore roll podcast. Uh, you can email us at sci-fi-wise-guys at gmail.com. Please provide us with suggestions, ideas, opinions. And then make sure that you download and rate all of our episodes. Five stars, five stars, please. You know, the more you review and the better the score is, the higher it gets on those podcasting platforms, the more episodes we can produce so you can listen to us complain about how much of a bad person Brian's are. Yeah. Yeah. And if you are named Brian and um, you're upset with anything that happened today, don't be. Get over it. (laughs) Don't email me about it. I'm not going to reply. Yeah. If your e- if your email has the word Brian in it, I'm just not going to read it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to create a rule right now. <laughs> Filters out all Brian's. <laughs> oh, Anti Brian Brigade. That's us. Anyways, oh. that was another episode of the B Roll Podcast. My name is Chris. My name is Anthony. Catch you guys later. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Hello? Mother dearest? Ma? Ma? Hey, Ma. Oh, nothing. I'm hanging out with my friend Anthony right now. Okay. What's your computer question? Well, I have um, I have a computer in my um, office. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just what? What email is it? Okay. It it should just be an attachment. Are you able to download the attachment? Oh, like in the email? Oh, can you, you should be able to just right click on it and save copy or something like that. Save picture as. And then you can put it wherever you want. No problem. Later, ma.